Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Houck, and today's guest is Ashley Bird of the Barbells. So guys, this is a really cool conversation. Ashley's doing the same fitness competition as me. We also coach very similar demographics, working with a lot of women. She works as a contest prep coach, and we just have a lot of things in common. And I saw her on social media, and we've kind of crossed paths a few times through the competition prep circuit, and I was like, this chick seems pretty cool. So I decided to reach out to her and learn more about who she is and and that's what today's conversation is all about. Ashley is a new mom with an 11 month old son and she just is one all-star type of woman. Today we talk all about common fat loss mistakes that we see. We also talk about how to make prep more manageable. We go through preparing for a bikini competition, preparing for a powerlifting meet, transitioning into mommyhood, all of the challenges that that presents, and just have a really great conversation about how flexible dieting has really been a game changer for both of us in terms of making prep that much more sustainable and successful as moms. So here we go, guys. Hope you enjoy the episode. So Ashley Bird is a certified personal trainer, nutrition, powerlifting, and contest prep coach. She's been in the fitness industry for 10 years, and I've seen her around the small world of natural bodybuilding. So I saw this girl, and I was like, you know what? She's kind of a badass chick. I got to reach out and get to know her better and find out what her story is. And so Ashley, I just want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, and I'm really excited to learn more about you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So let's take everybody all the way back to your beginnings. So what's your story and how did you get into fitness? Yeah, well, um, I was a competitive athlete growing up. Um, I was a downhill skier as a kid. Um, I played varsity sports and um, I actually started going to school for arts <laughs> for some reason and uh, hated it. And kind of halfway through my first semester, I was talking to my mom and she said, you know, don't don't uh, think about, you know, what you want to do for money. Think about what you love to do. And I took some time to think about that. And really, the only thing that I really love to do revolved around sports and health and fitness. And I had always been super interested in that. So I uh, switched gears and I went into sciences and got my bachelor's degree. And I went to a uh, local college as well and did a um, diploma there in sport management and uh, just kind of went from there and got a job right out of university in the field and kept going with it. Very cool. Now, how do you think growing up in varsity sports and growing up as an athlete, how has that influenced your work ethic and discipline for the things that you do now? Oh, man. Uh, I think it's shaped me uh, completely with, with my work ethic for sure because, I mean, it taught me to you know, set a goal and, and stick to it and do kind of whatever it takes to get there. Um, but it also taught me to be aware of the people around me and respect the people around me and the people who I'm working with and, you know, my competitors and, you know, just to have respect for those people and, and uh, work hard. 
Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's something that you're going to instill on your own kid? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I hope that he wants to play sports for sure. I mean, if he doesn't, that that's okay. But I think the way that I coach is kind of going to be the way that I parent as well, for sure. Expand more on that. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I... The way that I coach is, I, I mean, we have a real team atmosphere and I guess for me, I played, I played team sports. So although bodybuilding is a individual sport and so is powerlifting, we really try and build a community and we try to, you know, really uplift each other and support each other, especially just within our little barbells team, um, even though we're all actually competing against each other in a way, uh, a lot of the times we have you know, several clients that go to the same show or several athletes that are, you know, in the same powerlifting meet, but it never feels like they're against each other. So just having that kind of like team atmosphere, I think, you know, I'm going to bring that into my home life, you know, just kind of teaching him to, you know, work together as a team, as a family and kind of live life that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Totally, totally love it. And I did some research on you and just, you said that you did a bikini competition and a powerlifting meet in 2012. And I was just sitting here and thinking like, how in the world (laughs) did she do both of those? I don't know if they were close together. So can you tell me? Yeah, what happened? (laughs) Yeah, they weren't close together. Thank goodness. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend it to be, to be honest, but I was I was a beginner in both sports at that time. So um, I think when you're a beginner, you can kind of play around with things and then kind of hone in on what you really want to focus on. Um, So I, if you're, you know, if you're a beginner, you can definitely do something like that, but make sure that it's, you know, spaced far enough apart. But uh, once you, once you get into, you know, one sport that you really love, I think it's important to, you don't really necessarily have to just stick to one, but um, making sure that, you know, you have a competition uh, for the stage in, in one year and maybe it, you focus on powerlifting the next year. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I would say that I probably wasn't very good at either of those things at that time. <laughs> so it didn't hurt either one, but um, I definitely wouldn't do it now. That's for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that you would probably isolate one per year or would you even do yeah. like a powerlifting meet, say, nine months later or something of that nature, like, like prepare for powerlifting in your off season from bodybuilding? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a good way to go, to be honest, because once you come off the stage and you start eating more food, you know, your strength goes up and it's a good time to focus on your strength. Um, so I think definitely you can kind of do that in your off season, but just making sure that you're not dieting while you're powerlifting and making sure that your, you know, workouts are complementary to, you know, getting on stage is really important. So um, I would say like for myself, I would definitely stick to one in, in one year. Um, Everybody's different though. I mean, I have some athletes that are just super powerful and lean all year round and, you know, they might be able to do it in a shorter time period. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say that your heart is in both or do you like one sport over the other one? Ooh, it's a tough question. Um, I would say that as an athlete, 
my heart is in bodybuilding for sure. Um, as a coach, my heart is in powerlifting. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and uh, can you tell us more about why you feel that way? Yeah. Um, I mean, I suffered a pretty serious back injury a long time ago uh, when I was playing varsity sports. And um, I have struggled off and on with staying healthy when I've been lifting. And uh, I've kind of just come to the conclusion that training for powerlifting is unfortunately just way too hard on my body. And now that I have a little guy that I have to chase around the house and pick up and, you know, make sure that I can be healthy for him. I just think that, uh, unfortunately it, you know, it breaks down the body pretty quickly and, uh, I don't really want to risk that. So, um, in order for me to really, I mean, get, you know, some good numbers on the platform, I have to train really hard, just like everybody else does. Um, but I, I would say that I am not a natural talent when it comes to powerlifting. Um, when it comes to bodybuilding, I am good on the stage. That is definitely one of my strengths, um, where people have to work really hard at, you know, their posing and their presentation. That's one of those things that comes to me naturally. Gotcha. So you did your, you did your first show in 2012. You said that maybe you were a beginner and it didn't go all too well. So tell me a little bit more about that first bikini competition experience. And then I want to tell you a little more about mine as well. Yeah, perfect. Um, yeah. So my first, uh, experience, I was coming off of an injury and I was not in very good shape. I wasn't playing any sports at the time. And I really felt like, I wanted to cross it off the bucket list. I had zero intention of doing another one. I just wanted to do it once and get in shape and that was it. Um, so I went through the prep. Uh, my prep was pretty terrible. <laughs> um, I did the whole, you know, clean eating. Um, I didn't weigh or track any of my food. I had a meal plan that I just had to stick to. Um, and you know, it was pretty restrictive. I was doing lots of cardio and I had no days off from training and, you know, it, uh, it definitely wasn't fun. So I knew that once I got on stage, I was going to enjoy myself and then I was never going to do it again. (laughs) Um, so I got on stage and I probably like would say that I wasn't really ready. Um, I was, you know, not super lean or anything like that. Um, I came 14th, I think out of like, there is a big show. So I think it was like 30 girls, but I came 14th and um, I loved it. I loved every second of it. It was a UFE show. Um, The people backstage were amazing. Um, You know, Sean is great. And, and, you know, Louise, obviously, she probably made the whole show for me. Um, And yeah, it was just super fun. And I got off stage and I really didn't care where I placed. I wanted to do it again. Um, And my business partner now, my friend, just my friend at the time, she told me that there was a better way. (laughs) And, uh, you know, she had gone to one of the Lane Norton seminars, I guess. And, uh, you know, she learned a lot from from Lane and uh, Ben and a few other people. And um, she introduced me to flexible dieting. And that's where I did my second prep and she coached me and it was like night and day. I had so much fun during the prep. I was way leaner and I came second in my second show and that was it. I was hooked. Mm. 
So cool. So, so yeah. cool. You know what? That just everything that you said just reminds me of my first prep. And even my second prep was like that too. It was yeah. brutal. I mean, yeah. my first prep was like, I coached myself. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know the poses. Like I literally was backstage and the girls were practicing the routines. I was like, I don't know any of the poses. (laughs) Like, that's how bad it was. I had no idea. Like, literally had watched videos. But, like, when you watch videos and don't really know organizations or don't really know, I I, I literally knew nothing. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go out there and have some fun. And, like, I lost a bunch of weight. So it was like, it's fine. Like, I know I'm not going to win. It's right. It's, it's all good. It's all good. So yeah, I that's got, where I was too. Yeah. 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 Like, so I got second last place and I'm like, you know what? It's fine. Like I honestly, yes, I was like you, I was like, it was so much fun. It's, it's all yeah. good. But yeah. I did a meal plan the entire time. I literally just looked something up online and like looked up mm-hmm. exercises to do online and then was like, okay, mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe this, maybe this is a good route. So yeah, it's sure. funny. Oh my God. I look at pictures and like, just like, oh, oh, my hair, my makeup, mm-hmm. my tan, everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, the judges must have thought I was a train wreck. <laughs> totally. Yeah, me too. Oh, oh, my God. But so that's where I was. And then flexible dieting. It's so funny that you say that because that's, yeah, it's it literally is a game changer. And both of us yeah. are in prep right now. So we're yeah. moms and we're in prep and we're prepping for the same show. And honestly, like, I don't even like – Yes, there's days that suck. And yes, there's like times when I'm like, ugh. but at the same time, I'm like, this is so much better than being on a meal plan that it's like totally. in relation to it. I'm like, yeah, so I'm just I'm it's so liberating to be like, I don't have to eat asparagus and chicken and sweet potato for all of my meals to get lean, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's a huge game changer. And I think it kind of sucks because like, there's a huge misconception out there. And people think that, you know, if you don't come in super lean, well, had you followed a meal plan and ate this and ate that, you probably would have come in leaner. And people just don't really understand that that's not really the way it works. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. Like, I just I have so much respect for Lane. I actually got the balls to ask Lane to be on the podcast for next week. So I'm interviewing him. And I was like, like you just said yes to me, buddy. I feel like you you are like the savior. (laughs) You are like the savior of my life because before I knew about Lane and about flexible dieting, I was like, even in my coaching was like a clean eating Nazi. And that is so damn stupid. I'm like, totally. Yeah. I was the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's the nice thing, I guess, about science is that the more you learn, the more you realize you didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, and you can look back and be like, wow, I was really stupid and I'm sorry to all my clients. And, you know, it's kind of nice that, you know, you can learn more and just keep moving forward. I mean, there's so much to learn. And, like, these guys like Lane, like, they – Like, I'm so grateful for them because um, I don't think I would still be in this industry if it weren't for them and flexible dieting and, you know, just learning that there's a better way to do this. (laughs) Mm, Absolutely. And now we're both kind of in that same spot of now we've been able to transition our clients into a way to sustainably diet. and. 
still live their lives as moms, live their lives as businesswomen, live their lives not feeling as though they have to live in this little bubble to be able to achieve their goals. So I really do want to talk to you about this big transition that you've had since having your son. So now he's 11 months old and you're into mommyhood and also balancing an amazing business and all of that stuff. So what's that transition (laughs) felt like for you? Well, it is weird, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I have always been really into my work. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, I've always put it first. Um, and obviously once I had my son, you know, he comes first and it's been, it's been a difficult transition for me to, you know, put my work on the back burner. And there's a part of me that sometimes feels guilty about it, but at the end of the day, you know, I know that I'm, I'm doing my best and I, I am giving my clients my, my best that I can, you know, I've had to scale back on, on clients and stuff like that, but, um, and that can be hard to too because I still get inquiries that come in all the time and unfortunately I have to turn people away um mm. which hurts my soul but <laughs> mm. um but yeah so I mean when it comes to taking on you know my usual workload that's been difficult for me because I've had to say no and I've never really been in that position before um but to be honest like I kind of just rolled back into it and Um, When it comes to, you know, transitioning back into the lifestyle for myself, I didn't put any pressure on myself. Um, You know, I really just wanted my son to, I mean, I I breastfed, I am still breastfeeding. And um, I wanted him to have everything that he needed. And I did not focus on dieting at all in the first six months. Um, And once the first six months were up, I was like, okay. No, I think I'm ready to kind of kick it up a notch. And I got back into training a little bit more seriously. um, And I started counting my macros. And I mean, my food was ridiculously high, which was awesome. Um, But yeah, I started, you know, six months after he was born. And I just kind of waited until I was ready. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's interesting that you bring a lot of that up. I released a podcast today that was actually all about that transition and what that's what that's like but I think for a lot of women I I think it's cool that you just said I was eating a lot and that's Mm -hmm. exactly what I was doing too like when I actually like started tracking my food again I was like I'm not gonna I'm just gonna see how much I'm eating on the daily while breastfeeding and just kind of see what's going on and when I tracked it I was like whoa I'm losing weight on like really high calories, which for somebody who's been through cycles of dieting, you do really Mm -hmm. sit back and you're like, ah, this is kind of cool that my metabolism is at this spot that it's responsive. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, and before I had Declan, um, I struggled, like I had really terrible metabolism and you know my coach would would get super frustrated with it 
And, uh, you know, my body was just really slow to respond to training, probably due to my injury, and just really slow to respond to diet as well. Um, I had low thyroid, was on medication for that. And uh, I kind of just took myself off medication simply because I just didn't want to take it anymore. And as long as, you know, my levels were okay, I didn't, I didn't have to take it. And uh, I got pregnant. And it was the first time in my life where I didn't think about my food. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't care. I, I just ate what I wanted when I wanted. And I knew I was going to gain weight, but I was okay with that. As long as I was healthy, you know, I probably did eat a lot more junk food than normal, but I also tried to eat healthy foods at the same time. And, um, you know, it was really like I felt so free <laughs> during that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was probably the best thing that could have happened to my body in all mm-hmm. seriousness. Um, because I came out of that super healthy. And yeah, I, I mean, I gained 50 pounds. Um, but I mean, my blood sugars were fine. My blood pressure was fine. Everything was fine. I had a super healthy baby. Um, you know, I trained through my pregnancy still. And, uh, you know, I had no issues. Um, but mentally, I was so healthy, because I just didn't care about any of that kind of stuff, which was great. And, um, you know, when I came out of that, and and then I started dieting again and setting my macros, I mean, my macros to start when I was starting my diet you know, was higher than they had ever been before. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that was really cool to see. And, you know, my my macros even now at, you know, four weeks out um, are, are higher than they've ever been in any prep. So, and I'm still, you know, I'm getting leaner than I ever was before too. So um, taking that break was super important for me, I think. And I don't think I would have done it unless I had been forced to do it. Mm-hmm. Amen. That that's like literally my story in parallel. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I, like, let, yeah. That's so literally funny. me. Yeah. It's so funny because this is what happens, guys. Anybody, you guys are listening to this podcast. This may resonate with you. Like, if you've been in a prep or been so hyper focused on food for so many years, you get to a place where like food is your whole world. You're thinking about your next meal. You're just like you're always food is always on your brain. So to get to a yeah. point where like you can forget to eat or like you can go and like go a day without like thinking about food all of the time is like, Mm -hmm. you feel like you've regained your life a little bit. You feel like you now have space in your brain to allow for all of the other things that they can allow for. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I really say that being pregnant was like the most that I've ever loved my body. And it was just going through that and seeing my body from a way different perspective than I ever had when I had been like so critical of my body for so many years, getting to a place where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to love every inch of this body. And I'm going to just appreciate the fact that I'm able to get pregnant and know that like, I don't want my son to ever see his mom like scrutinizing mm-hmm. herself or like walking around with low self-esteem and uh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was yeah it, it's been beautiful so I really appreciate the fact that that I became pregnant too yeah oh for sure me too very grateful for that <laughs> mm-hmm. now what would you say are the biggest challenges that you've come across since becoming a mom time 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 <laughs> <laughs> Time. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. holy, I have none of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's crazy. I My fiancé works uh, more than full-time. He's a builder, and he works all day and works a lot on weekends. And um, so, obviously, I, I take care of Declan during that time. And um, I have to cram all of my work into the evenings and the weekends so um literally in the evenings I start my my day I guess uh, my work day at four o'clock and I get home at 8 30 and I've packed two classes in clients training everything into that four hour time block um that's the biggest challenge right now is my time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially because like he obviously requires all of my attention and um you know I can't I can't just throw my laptop open during the day and not pay attention to him, you know, I can't really get any work done at home. You know, when he goes down for a nap, then usually that's I I have to clean up the house and you know, do laundry and do things like that, or else that stuff would never get done. Um, so that's the, that's definitely my biggest challenge is, is finding time to get it all in. Mm-hmm. Would you ever put him in daycare part-time? I've thought about it. Um, I, I definitely would consider it, but I would wait until he could communicate. That would be a big thing for me. I'd want him to be able to um, talk and be able to, you know, ask for things and tell me things and, you know, stuff like that. So um, maybe when he's older, I, I would definitely consider that, um, but probably not until then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can really relate to those struggles. That I, It was around a year that I started putting Theo in daycare two days a week and cramming my work into those two days. And it was the hardest part, I think, about it at that point was feeling guilty for, for, mm-hmm. for, for putting him in daycare. And it's, mm-hmm. it was, it's so silly as, a, as an entrepreneur, but this is what we do. We're like, I can do it mm-hmm. all. I, I can yeah. be a mom. I, and I was literally mm-hmm. sitting here like, I can't be an engaged mom because my brain is thinking about all of these things that I need to get done. So that's been something that we've found to be helpful. He just goes a couple mm-hmm. days a week and those are long work days for me. But then the rest of the week, we've been able to hang out, do our stuff, like go on adventures and, you know, yeah. just, just do our mommy son stuff. So, um, yeah, we've just found that to be certainly to be helpful. I find with time to the other thing for me was like, I've needed to get up earlier and work in that time. Now it's different for me because I do everything online. So I have the ability to do a little bit of that before he gets up in the morning. But it's, it's so tough. Like time is one of those things that like, I've had to nix a lot of things and also outsource a lot of things that I was, there was a lot of things I was doing within the business that were things that I have decided now that it makes more sense for me to outsource them. And that's kind of been the thing I've been battling with over the past year or so too. Yeah, it's actually funny you say that because I was thinking today that I need an assistant. (laughs) Yeah. And like, seriously, considering hiring somebody just to, you know, even take care of like, you know, we take care of putting stuff up on the website and, you know, even just email inquiries and stuff like that. You know, um, I find sometimes inquiries 
could stay in my inbox for a couple of days, unfortunately, because I have to prioritize the emails I get back to and my reports are more important at the time. <laughs> and, you know, I hate doing that. But um, yeah, no, I was thinking the exact same thing today, maybe, you know, hiring somebody to, to help out. Um, but definitely when Declan's a little bit older, I would... Uh, a hundred percent consider putting him in daycare even just for, you know, two days a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. cool. Very, very cool. So now let's dive into giving our audience all of your expertise and some of the things that they may be able to put into action. So what would you say are like top three fat loss mistakes that you see with the people that you work with? Number one is that they try to handle their nutrition on their own and they try to just eat healthy foods and think that that's going to help them lose weight. And uh, unfortunately, you know, especially if you don't have any background in nutrition um, or fitness or anything like that, um, you don't really understand that, you know, the biggest number one thing that matters first, and I know it gets more complicated than this, but is, is your calorie intake. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so much stuff out there saying like, stop counting calories and don't be a slave to, you know, to counting calories. And yeah, I totally get that. And that, and that's great. But unfortunately, it's one of those things that we just can't avoid if we really want to have results. So I think the biggest mistake is people taking nutrition into their own hands and thinking, well, I'm eating healthy, I should lose weight. So that's number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, because people can overeat on healthy foods too, especially like I have clients that come to me and they're, you know, throwing like three tablespoons of olive oil in their salad and they're having two salads a day and they're not really understanding that one tablespoon has 14 grams of fat in it. Yeah. And, you know, that adds up, right? Um, so stuff like that. Number two would probably be um, no strength training. And too much cardio, mm-hmm. lots and lots of cardio. I, you know, I, I even have clients that have been with me for a long time that if, you know, if their weight loss is stalled for a couple of days or something, they're like, should I up my cardio? And, and, and I think people are just so stuck on that. And, you know, cardio has definitely its time and its place and it's important. But the biggest thing when it comes to, especially, you know, people who aren't competing and they're just looking to lose weight, don't do a bunch of things right off the hop that you don't think that you're going to keep doing forever. If you're not going to go on the cardio machine for 40 minutes a day, every day for the rest of your life, then don't do it now. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's a big one. You know, people, especially women, I coach mostly women, um, just being afraid to lift. They're afraid to um, train with weights and they think it's going to make them bulky And I tell them I've been trying to get bulky for the last four years. And trust me, it's a lot harder than you think it is. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah, being afraid to lift weights is number two for sure. Too much cardio. Um, Number three, I would say that they listen too much to the popular fitness stuff that's out there. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you're... Mm -hmm. Typical, you know, magazine stuff or, you know, the Instagram accounts um, that have your, you know, 30 day fat loss tips and stuff like that. And they try to incorporate 10 of them all into their one regime. And, you know, they're all contradicting each other, of course. And instead of just keeping it simple, I mean, if you keep it simple, 
you're probably going to have better results than trying all these new fads and, you know, all these different, you know, body shed workouts and stuff like that. Um, keep it simple, just strength train, do a little bit of cardio, count your calories, make sure you get enough protein and kind (laughs) of go from there. But obviously having a coach would help you kind of take all the, all the guesswork out of that. Mm -hmm. And just be fucking patient. That's, that's the thing. I'm like, Honestly, I know you see people getting results quicker than you. You see the world doing this and it feels like everybody around you, their bodies are changing quicker than yours. But like, dude, like some people have been lifting for years and you see their bodies on Instagram and you're like, I want to look like that. And it's like, you just started strength training two months ago. Like, let's be realistic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. And, And people don't realize too that like, it, it kind of goes in cycles. Like yes. if you want to lose a bunch of weight, it's going to be really tough for us to build a bunch of muscle at the same time. You know, like we can try, try and build a little bit of muscle and preserve as much muscle as we can. But when you're in a calorie deficit, I mean, that's going to be tough. So you're not going to get it all at once. And you have to kind of go through hills and valleys to get to your ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. I always talk about too, like, we have to plant the seeds before like the crops are going to grow. And before the plants mm-hmm. are going to grow, if we haven't planted those seeds, both with your habits and building your muscles, we're going to end yeah. up with a smaller version of what we have right now. To be honest, you're not going to yep. have, you're not going to have the definition that you want. You're not going to have the like, mm-hmm shape that you want right we really do have to mold that with a little bit of body fat on you you don't like you're not going to get there on that first shot and I'm sure you can see this with your clients like you can convince clients of that once they've been working with you for a while and then you get lifers that just stay year after year because they're like yep doing that (laughs) they're building and they're they're leaning out and we're focusing on different things and they finally start to get it but I would certainly like agree with everything you've just said for those fat loss mm-hmm. mistakes, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what would you say is the foundation of a good strength training program? The foundation? Hmm. Well, I mean, as far as how I do most of my programming, whether you're a bodybuilder or a powerlifter, um, I do really focus on barbell lifts. Um I mean, most of my clients are not beginners. They're mostly intermediate, some advanced clients. Um, So obviously the beginners, that's something that I wouldn't focus on right away, especially with an online client. Um, But I don't know about you, but um, I find that online clients tend to be more intermediate clients Mm -hmm. usually anyways. Yeah, because they don't need that kind of one-on-one in-person, you know, training. Um, so I, I focus on a lot of, a lot of barbell work on, you know, those compound movements. Um, but I think a lot of people, what they miss first before they get into their strength training, and this might sound, not be what you think I was going to say, but, um, <laughs> mobility work. Um, mm-hmm. I think mobility work is super important because if you don't know how to move first, then you're not going to get the most out of your training. So I think that is super important, first and foremost, is not skipping that mobility work. Um, And then for my programming, um, you know, I always start with your compound lifts, and then we build accessory work in from there. And I really want all of my clients to 
be and feel super strong. That's really important because I really want my clients to focus on what their body can do and not just what it looks like. So I always try to incorporate, you know, those strength lifts in there. And then we work on the accessory stuff um, based on what their goal is. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. Very, very cool. So in terms of mobility work for your online client, do you start off by doing some sort of assessment with them or how are you able to figure out what their mobility is like? Yeah, I do. Um, I get them to send me some videos. I I give them just a series of exercises to complete um, and I get them to video it for me and they send it to me and then I can kind of um, establish where they're at and how I can program from there. Very cool. Awesome. And now let's dive into everything prep. So I want us to talk about your prep, talk about what your training split looks like, your cardio, your current macros, supplementation. (laughs) I know my audience is super interested in all of these like fine little details. So if you feel comfortable going through everything and sharing those things, I know that they would be interested to learn. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, (laughs) My training split is uh, supposed to be one thing, and what it ends up being is not the same, unfortunately. And I'm sure my coach would hate to hear that, but I basically just do what I can do with the time that I have. Um, There are some weeks, unfortunately, that I don't get all my training in, um, and I just have to live with that. And I'm sure that, you know... If Declan was a little bit older, I I would probably be able to dedicate a little bit more time to it. But um, this was really just for me to get back into it. Um, You know, I'm not going in looking to, I mean, sure, I would love to win. Absolutely. But that's not really what my number one goal is. Um, I just, I wanted to do this prep to get back into it and, uh, you know, get my feet wet again. And then hopefully compete, compete again, maybe later in the year or or, or early next year. Um, But my current macros are really low for me right now. Um, I have five um, consecutive low days, which are at 120 carbs. I have 55 fats and 140 proteins. And then I have two consecutive high days, which actually have just been taken away from me, unfortunately. Um, So I'll start to have refeeds instead. Um, but my two high days before they were taken away were 220 carbs, 50 fats, and 135 proteins. Um, so that was my kind of where my macros were. I'll probably be at 10 days consecutive low days, and then I'll have a refeed coming up. And then that'll probably be it for refeeds, and then I'll be low, low, low up until peak week. And... My training split, um, I do two days in a row. Um, I will do lower body. That's kind of the part that is lagging for me. Um, So I will do lower body Monday and Tuesday. I have cardio every day that I train. So I do uh, miss cardio. So that's moderate intensity, steady state. Um, uh, In previous preps, I've done hit and list cardio, but we've kind of found that my body doesn't respond very well to hit cardio. Really, it's mostly because I can't 
physically work at that max capacity. Um, and that's just because my back won't let me do it. So we don't do the hit cardio. Um, it does put a lot of stress on your body too. So especially if you're, you know, really close to show date, um, hit cardio is not always the best option. So I do miss, um, I do 30 minutes on my lower body days and then on my upper body days, I do two in a row. So I have a Wednesday off, but I do cardio and then I do Thursday, Friday, I do my upper body days and uh, I do 40 minutes of missed cardio. And then I have one day on the weekend where I do another lower body day. So I have three lower body and two upper body. Cool. And in terms of supplementation, are you taking anything including protein powder? I take a pretty bare bones approach to supplements. Um, So I use protein powder. I use creatine. Um, However, in this prep, I'm not using creatine simply because I am breastfeeding. Um, So normally I would, but this prep I'm not. The only other supplement that I use occasionally would be uh, BCAAs. And that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say like, if, if I were to be in your circumstance, you probably would have a pretty similar approach in terms of supplementation, just based on the breastfeeding factor for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that all sounds good. And I'm just super excited to hang out with you backstage and have fun. Now, what categories are you doing? I'm doing bikini and glamour. Ah, very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. Well, I have a videographer that I've hired to kind of follow me along the weekend of the show. So if you are interested, I would love to get some video footage with you while we're there and kind of get a different, a couple different perspectives because glamour is such a cool category and it'd be cool to, yeah, just kind of see what you wear and and be able to tell people more about that. So yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. I've never done glamour before. So cool. (laughs) I'm excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Very, very cool. Now I just have a couple more questions for you here. So what would you say are your top tips to make prep more manageable? And I know right now you're kind of in a tough spot, but you do work with a lot of people that do contest prep. So what are some things that you suggest for your clients to make prep maybe less terrible or, or less strenuous on the body? Um, well, number one, definitely follow flexible dieting. <laughs> yes. Amen. <laughs> That's number one. Yeah. Um, no, but definitely for my clients, they all, they all do flexible dieting, but, yeah. um, food prep is so important. Um, you just want to be prepared because I mean, it's the worst when you have a day that is not going the way that you planned and you have no food ready and you know, you're kind of feeling the pressure to go through the drive through because you're starving. And then if you do, you kind of feel guilty about it afterwards. Um, So I would say definitely food prep. Um, I don't meal prep because I follow flexible dieting. So I don't have to put a meal together for every single meal. Um, But I do food prep. So like on a Sunday, I will take a few hours and I will just cook a bunch of chicken, a bunch of fish, a bunch of veggies, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a bunch of starches and just cook it. And it's all in in the fridge in a container. The only thing that I do put together and for myself, because a lot of the time I'm running out the door, um, I do put together pre-made mixed, you know, Greek yogurt, little parfaits. Um, and 
so that it's all weighed and tracked already. And it, and I, I just have to grab it. So I take, I, I kind of make like seven of those in the beginning of the week and I have them in my, in my fridge. Um, so definitely food prep. That's, you have to do it because if you don't, you're just going to be scrambling and you're not going to be as adherent to your program and probably not as precise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's exactly what I do as well in terms of the food prepping, not putting it into individual sections, but just having right. batches. And like anytime you're, even if, say you can't even do it on a Sunday, what I suggest for clients is like, you're making supper, don't cook two chicken breasts, cook yeah. like 12 yeah. chicken breasts. You gotta do it. You're already cooking. Don't make like yes. a small batch. It's so stupid. You're already there. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now, where can people find you online, Ashley? Uh, well, we do have a website and it's um, thebarbells.ca. Um, and I'm on Instagram. It's just Ashley underscore thebarbells.ca. And then we have our Facebook page as well, The Barbells. Very cool. And I always wrap up every episode of the podcast the same way. And that mm-hmm. is with the final question of Ashley. How would you like to be remembered when you pass on? Ooh, <laughs> I've never been asked that question before. Um, I think I would just like to be remembered as someone who helped other people and um, always had, you know, other people's interests at heart and um, that I that I helped them get somewhere. I know that's what I it's why I do what I do for my job. Um, you know, I love to see people transform not only in their body, but I mean, they become completely different people. And, um, that's, that's why I do this. If I could do it for free, I really would. Um, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't be able to live if, if I didn't make a living at it. So yeah, I think that's, that's how I'd want to be remembered. Just that I, that I helped people along. Very cool. And it sounds like you are well on your way to leaving a legacy like that, Ashley, which is well, thank you. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, I wish you all the best with the rest of your competition prep. We are like, we can see that finish line. Four weeks is nothing now, right? I know. Can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, thanks again for your time. I really appreciate the fact that you came on here, Ashley. And Yeah, that's it for this evening, guys, and I hope that you guys have a great week. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I want to just remind you that I am doing a giveaway, and it's going to be two of Lane Norton's contest prep guides absolutely free. I am super excited for this content to get into the hands of all of you guys, and it's super easy to be able to participate. So what you want to do is you want to head to iTunes, You want to leave a review and a rating, okay guys? So I don't want just the rating. You have to leave a review there as well to participate. So let me know what you think of the podcast. Leave a couple sentences there. And you also want to head on over to Instagram. Make sure you're following me at Ange Help. Make sure you're following at BioLane. And that's it. That's all you got to do, guys. And then two lucky winners are going to win contest prep guides, completely free. You guys are going to love this book. Oh my God. The content in it is absolutely unreal. He goes through everything so in depth, breaks down all of the research that's currently out there, just has such a research-based approach to all of the information that he presents. And he goes through everything, guys. He goes through training for prep. He goes through refeeds, 
diet breaks, peak week, show day, posing, absolutely everything you need to know about contest prep. And I'm just really excited to give you guys a couple copies of it so that you can have all of those tools in your toolkit as well. So this would be a great guide for competitors, great guide for coaches. And yeah, I hope you guys uh, participate in the giveaway. And I'm just really excited about having Lane on. That's going to be the next episode coming up next week. And you guys know that I've been looking up to Lane for a really long time. I actually can't believe he said yes to come on to the podcast, but we're going to have a really great conversation and I'm, I'm going to get tons of excellent nuggets of information that you guys can apply to your own life. So that's going to be it for today. As always, know that I love you. I appreciate you. It means the world that I'm able to have this platform and that you guys tune in and listen to the episodes. I really am truly grateful. Have a good week. We'll catch you next time. Bye for now.